0: Stupid webcam fart. <laughs>
1: nice.
0: It it waited till I was trying to log in on Zoom before it so here it went. Sorry, you don't have internet anymore.
1: Hey, did, did anybody see? Did anybody see John requesting the um, Zoom room number?
2: He should have. All right, we can send it. To, it's on the top of the.
1: It's on the top of the window. talk about me that way, Arthur.
0: I'm not talking about you. I have other terms for you.
1: (laughs) They better be PG, brother.
0: We all understood the reference, Mr. Colorado.
3: Whatever.
1: Hey, look. That's John. Hi, John. Hey, John. John, can you hear us?
4: Welcome to Five Guys and the Bible, a weekly podcast where five guys from around the country dig deep into the scriptures and talk about how it relates to life. Thanks for listening and always be blessed.
3: All right. Good evening, everybody. Uh, My name is John Bodine. We are with uh, Five Guys and the Bible. Uh, We're four guys tonight. Uh, So we're going to start off with some prayer. so, dear God, tonight we're going to talk and just be honest and real and we're going to bring your word into this as it always will be, but we're also going to bring emotion into this and um, feelings and things like that that, that we in, the, in our flesh will struggle with and Father, we just pray that you can give us the right words to put out there so that the person who may listen to this, who may have that struggle, um, can realize that it is normal, that you are um, not alone, that you're not the only one who has these things, but you have people around you. You just need to trust that God will put that person in front of you that you can open up to and release some of these worries and these troubles um, that are surrounding you. Uh, in, in Proverbs, Lord, it is said, a friend loves at all times and a brother is born for adversity. So tonight, Lord, allow us to reach out and open up the hearts of other brothers so that we this, these brotherhoods can, can expand and can grow and can strengthen. We ask this in Your Holy Son's name, Jesus Christ. Amen.
0: Amen. Amen.
3: Okay, so I brought up the fact that I think that we needed to just have some, just discussion. Uh, you know, with everything that's going on, we were just, you know, prior to this, uh, talking. We were talking about what's going on in the world, um, which is important. But I think it ultimately comes down to what's going on within your own life as far as what you can pay attention to.
5: Um,
3: The verse I read, I really like because um, it speaks about a friend loving at all times. and, And then it goes to that next level of friendship, which is brotherhood and the brothers there for adversity. And I think adversity is where I tend to isolate when things get tough. I tend to kind of back away. Um, And I mean, I isolate fully. I isolate from the people that love me. And I isolate from God because it's just like, how do I ask him for something different? And am I being selfish and asking? You know, all these, the the doubts come in and all these other things start coming in. And and I think it takes a (laughs) a group, um, a committed group, and when I mean committed, I don't mean committed as into a amount of time or, um, a specific reason, but a, a committed group is in people that are committed to the wellness, emotionally, spiritually, and physically of the people they are around. And, in, in, and around doesn't mean next to in person, um, beautiful thing about the internet and the worst you know the the beauty and the terror of the internet is how easy it is to meet outside of your area Um, but when you set parameters and you meet the right people um, amazing things can happen and amazing uh, relations and brotherhoods and um, inner circles can be just made beyond where they've been Um, I'm not going to speak for everyone else here, but I know we've all had our things happen. Um, I went through a a season where I carried around um, resentment for where I was in life. And there was no reason for it other than I didn't think I should be there. Um, But that resentment spread. And it's like, uh, you know, putting fire to you know putting gas to a flame i just kept feeding it feeding it and instead of bringing it to um my brothers to extinguish i instead thought i'd fight fire with gas and it didn't work so i think healing takes a ton of different direction um most people consider healing to be physical um Physical healings, I consider the least. Uh, Spiritual healing, I consider the most um, important and the least thought of. Um, Because I think a spiritual healing can, can just bring you, can bring the rest of it with you, where the physical and emotional can follow along. Where if you start with the physical and forget the spiritual you're missing a key component and same with the emotional. Um, I think spiritual healing is the most important. Um, I don't know verse. I'm sure there's something out there and you guys can help me with that. But uh, yeah, I, I just, that's, that's where I was earlier this week. And I was just like, I think we just need the area we need the space. And I think we can be an example of what, Community can do as a heel, you all know, as far as a tight knit brotherhood style. Where are you guys at? Oh, Rock Bear muted.
2: No. Uh, I so I found this article might be the best way to say it. So it's going to be a little bit. Um, so there's two of them, but I'm just trying to see which one I want to uh, really it's a little bit shorter. Um, so I'm like emotionally and just just drained right so like yesterday to like yesterday today just kind of well for one we've had this year almost a year-long battle now uh, that my dad's been going through Um, and you know the praise is he's still fighting right there's no denying that he's been going through this cancer uh, you know coupled with my mother-in-law is still going through and fighting be one. this is the fourth time something like yeah it's the fourth time so she's still fighting you know it's just uh it's been draining this year so it's been a year of um some would say turmoil but there's been a lot of blessings i kind of jokingly said i really wish this chapter of the life would be more like psalms 23 short Instead, said, it seems like it's more like Psalms 119, right? <laughs> it just keeps going. And uh, <laughs> I was like, can we please just get to the end? But there's tons of nuggets of oh, oh, grace. So um, so Second Corinthians 1, 8 through 9. For we do not want you to be unaware, brothers, of the affliction we experienced in Asia, for we were so utterly burdened beyond our strength that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt that we had received a sentence of death, but that was to make us rely, oops, I don't know why I did it, that was to uh, make us rely not on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. And with everything going on, so my dad's cancer is now in his bones at the same time. I found out that I've been, uh, I'm going to be having surgery. It's not, a, it's a major surgery, but it's not like life threatening, but it's something that needs to be taken care of. And it was worse off than we thought it was. So kind of getting both of those at the same time, just emotionally drained, you know, dealing with it. But I found this art these two articles and, uh, Uh, one of them starts off with that verse. Um, And uh, you know, God in the darkness of sickness, there are a thousand good purposes in what God is doing in your life right now. You may not know 999 of them, but here is one, helping you not to rely on yourself, but on God who raises the dead. That is enough. He is good. He is wise. The therapy is tailor-made for our needs. And then it goes on to First Thessalonians 5, 9 through 10. For God has not destined us for wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, so that whether we are awake or asleep, we might live with him. And so we shouldn't look at our afflictions as wrath, but almost a blessing as a, as a pathway. And then it, it cites this other article, which is written by John Piper. And it's Don't Waste Your Cancer. And it gives uh, 10, 10 ways to not waste your cancer. And it says you will waste your cancer if you do not believe God designed it for you. And that is something to really think about, especially in quotes Job. That these afflictions we're going through, so this cancer my dad's going through in the fight was designed specifically for my dad. That changes perspective. Really changes perspective. Um And then then number two is, you will waste your cancer if you believe it is a curse and not a gift. So because it was designed for you, it is a gift. And he quotes Romans 8, 1, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And he goes on to say, Galatians 3, 13, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who is hanged on a tree. Numbers 23, 23, for there is no enchantment against Jacob, no divination against Israel. Now it shall be said of Jacob and Israel, what has God wrought? It just goes on. The say the Lord God is sun and shield, the Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. So it is a gift because we get to how we get to live out and do these things. Again, perspective you will waste your cancer if you seek comfort from your odds rather than from God. And we should seek it from God because it's a gift. Uh, it was designed for us. And then it goes on number four. If you refuse to think about death, you will waste your cancer because we're going to die. And maybe the cancer is the, uh, the path or the tool, right? That kind of leads to death. So don't, be afraid to think about death, right? Um, you will waste your cancer if you think that beating cancer means staying alive rather than cherishing Christ. If you beat cancer, right, you cherish Christ because death had been prolonged and it was a gift that was bestowed and designed for you. Then number six, you will waste your cancer if you spend too much time reading about it and not enough time reading about God. Man, this is where I have my brain And I go down rabbit holes with everything, trying to find all kinds of different things, like what are some other alternative medicines or alternative ways? The radiation's not working, the chemo's not working. How's my dad's diet? How's my dad's this, this, you know? You know, what are some things my mom can do? I get down those rabbit holes instead of focusing on God already gave us everything and it's all in the Bible. Right? It's right there. The doctors are doing what the doctors know. My dad is comfortable with what the doctors are doing. So stop going down those rabbit holes, Carl, and focus on his word. That's what I've been trying to do. And then seven, you will waste your cancer if you let it if you let it drive you into solitude instead of deepening your relationship with, and with manifest affection. Um, On my part, I make sure I call my dad more often. I call my parents actually more often than I did. Normally, you know, it was maybe monthly. We had a talk and text messages. Now weekly I'm having conversations sometimes more than, you know, but at least weekly. (coughs) Um, Making sure uh, my dad is still going to church doing all those things that you know he hasn't uh, you know when he's not sick uh, he's going out and doing everything uh, you will waste your cancer if you grieve at those who have no hope well we have hope right first Thessalonians 4:13. but we do not want you to be uninformed brothers about those who are asleep and you may not grieve as others who do have no hope. Second Corinthians 5 eight, Yes, we are of good courage and we would rather be away from the body and at home with the Lord. So there's hope. Uh, nine, you will waste your cancer if you treat sin as casually as before. And then 10, you will waste your cancer if you fail to use it as a means of witness to the truth and glory of Christ, which is probably the most important one, right? Philippians 4, 19, and my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. So where am I? I am trying to not let the afflictions and everything that has occurred over the last 24 hours place me into a dark place because my mind wants to go to that dark place. You know, I'm told I can't work out. I can't do this, I can't do it. So I just want to eat like crap, right? I want to be lazy, I don't want to do anything. You know, I actually did some stretching this morning. Like I need to do something. I'm going to be doing some pull-ups. And I have a routine written out. I can do pull-ups. I'm going to do some yoga. I've got to do something because if I don't work out and then I'm, so if I don't work out, then in my mind, I say, then why should I eat good, right? Because I'm eating good because I want to work out. I want to stay healthy. and uh, But I'm not thinking that I still need to be healthy because, God gave me the name Anchor and I've got to be strong for my family and I need to be strong so I can recover quicker from the surgery so that I can be there for when my dad, because if things continue down the path that they seem like, which is chemo is not going to do anything, it's in his bones and it's just prolonging life, eventually my dad's going to get to a point to where He's going to need support that my mom won't be able to give. So I have to be physically, spiritually, and emotionally in a place to where I can be there for him. And that is tough for me to think about, but I have to get it done. But the only way I'm going to get it done is by one, being honest with you guys, being honest with my support group, saying uh, I'm in a bad place. But also by really hammering down and notching up my spiritual, my reading and my leaning on Christ. So. I don't know if I truly answered the question. I'm kind of all over the place. Like I know where I need to go, but I'm scared and I'm so tired. I'm just not sure how I'm gonna get it done.
5: No,
3: I think um, that article is powerful. Like you said, talk about perspective, Um, a gift. I I don't know many people that consider it a gift. I mean, I've heard of people they consider it a gift they're like yeah this is my this is my opportunity to show strength and I just look at that person I'm like what do you mean you know this is this is this is going bad and they're like no this is my opportunity um, a friend of mine posted uh, ladies, uh, a lady's a friend of hers is dying from cancer and her husband's like um, our biggest concern is people will become angry with Jesus and be like why are you taking her and they're like, no, the healing's gonna happen. It's either gonna happen here yeah, yeah. or it's gonna happen there. But either way, the healing's gonna happen. Jesus is going to heal her. It may not be how we want her healed, yeah. but Jesus will heal her. And her fear is that her friends will <clears throat> turn their back on Jesus because he didn't do it how they wanted. And she's like, no, he loves me. He's going to kill me. He's going to give me my freedom, whether on earth or with him. And I'm ready for whichever way he wants me to go. And I mean, to to see that in somebody, just like, and I can imagine your dad's the same way, Carl. Your dad's just like, he's going to do what he wants to do, and, and I'm okay. And then, you know, Looking at it from a son's perspective, is like, yeah, but am I okay? You know, you may be, but am I? And
2: my dad in this is. whole time, and I know I've, I've shared this with you guys, like very little emotion. And I know that drives my mom nuts, right? <laughs> I'm more Like my mom in that sense, because in his mind, it's like, if it's his time to go, it's his time to go. Like he knows, like, uh, if you've heard the things that my dad has just been through, like he's almost died serving as a missionary, you know, doing God's work. And, you know, he was ready to go then. And it's just so powerful because his testimony, when he thought, all right, I'm going to die. He just says, Lord, forgive these men for they know not what they do. So he's asking God to forgive these people who were trying to kill him and uh he was granted more life and god took away a lot of his pain and a lot of these things it's so powerful but this is a man who's like you know i think if we took a poll christians there would be some christians who would be like i don't know if i'm going to hear those words you know uh well done my good and faithful servant right there might be some christians who are going to be like don't know if I'm really going to hear that. I'm kind of squeaking <laughs> by, right? The like, whole
0: save through the fire thing. Ah. <laughs> yeah,
2: like, <laughs>
3: ah! Like, yeah! Didn't bring yeah. my life jacket, can't <laughs> swim.
2: <laughs> so, but, uh, you know, I was talking to my brother, and I was just like, there's no doubt that those could be the first words that my dad's going to hear. You know, uh, the Gaborim, we talk about earning your seat at the fire. Like, he's already got his, his place is there. It's got his name on it. It's ready for him kind of thing, right? And I think the part that's really, really tough is that there is a huge part of me that is like my dad just needs to go ahead and just be there because he's lived such a great life, right? Take away his pain. Take away all the crap he's dealing with. Let him be at the seat of the fire with his king, so he can finally rest, that is tough because I still want my dad here. I still want these conversations. I still want to talk to him. I still need his guidance. I still need these things. But I know that's probably where he's going to be the happiest and the healthiest is there at the fire next to God. And that is a tough thing to deal with um, from my perspective. And I had not told my dad yet that. uh, As you had that conversation with him, right? Like, hey, dad, you know, you don't really have to continue fighting. Thank you. But if you don't want to fight anymore, it's okay. We'll be all right. That's the tough part. kind of where i'm at
3: now do you do you feel i because this is this is where i go is i feel self i i feel selfish i mean i think of um two years ago my mom's like you know dad's going to the doctor and all that said she goes she's gonna see he's gonna go see an oncologist I'm like, an oncologist. That's not a doctor. That's a cancer doctor. You know? Um, yeah. And it, it turned out it was, it wasn't a severe thing. It's something that they could handle. Um, but he's there. He's got to see him every six months, you know? So it's, it's like, okay, what's the next? But I mean, I, I would get really selfish in that point and be like, yeah, I know that's where he belongs and I know that's where he's going to be, but I want him, you know, <laughs> just as bad yeah. as you do. I want him, and I I that would be, and I don't know if that's the, the fight that you're having right now, is, you know, I don't want to be selfish, but I want to be selfish. I don't know.
5: That yeah, would be
3: where but... I would go. also just, you
2: know, think about my mom, you know, because, like, her, you know, she, her, you know, she lost his sister not too long ago, and so, you know, I just kind of just see, and you know, dads, they've been married sixty years, almost sixty years, something like that, right? Something ridiculous, <laughs> like just you lose count now, right? It's, like, it's, you know, they're at the place where it's like, what's the gift? It's like real, right? Like they start making up stuff, like. <laughs> <laughs> you know so it's uh, they've been married for a long time so it's like you know that is her best friend you know and so I keep thinking about her like what does she want where is she at because I'm going to have to be okay with all those answers like you know like you know we pray you know like you know, Christians, we've been told, and it's, oh, you know, Lord, thy will be done, right? Well, you know, you need to be okay with God's will. You need to be okay with it. Um, so if you're going to pray it, you know, kind of like those dangerous prayers we all went through, you know, Lord, seek me, right? Lord, make me, bo- Lord, break me, right? <laughs> hey, if you're going to pray it. You better be, better be willing to accept it. So that's just kind of... But yeah, I don't want to be selfish, John. You're right. I don't. But it's hard not to go there. But it's very difficult not to go there. Very difficult. Yeah, I see people who's... I've been extremely blessed with the father that I've had. We've had our issues. He wasn't by, he wasn't perfect by all means, but uh, he was the kind of father that was always there. When I was playing sports, he was always there, even if I was just a bench warmer and I never played in the game. He was always there. And when I acted a fool, he said, you do that one more time and I'll tell the coach never to let you play. Be professional, right? He told me that you got to always be professional, right? (laughs) Your time will come. So he was always there. And I kind of took that for granted for a little bit. So I'm trying to be there for him. But, you know, that's kind of like, I don't want to be selfish, though but so I've been blessed with the father that I've had really happened because I know not everyone has had that.
0: Sometimes the hardest thing that will ever be asked to do is to say, you can stop fighting. I will pick up the shield. I will carry on. I will, make sure that the family is taken care of that when my mother passed away and i had to give the uh, permission to turn off the machines and then watch her pass you could see her struggle and If you know it's it's okay, you know the pain will stop, the healing will come. I'll see you on the other side. You know is easy to say, but very hard for that to be honest. And I think sometimes the person who is passing knows when we're just saying words and when we actually mean it and it it is you know as somebody who faced that end clock yeah it is easier for me to say okay i'm ready but no one else is so you gotta keep fighting and You have to be strong and you can't let that emotional block come in. And all right, I've got three months till I'm not here anymore. And you need to be okay with this. You know, I had to teach my wife stuff that I had always done. These are the accounts. These are the passwords. These are, you know, this is where you log into that. And it's easy to make it automatic when you've accepted it in your head. But you have to make sure that the family is taken care of, you know, that when you leave, you're not creating this mass storm. And my wife, to this day, will never remember the account numbers. And I think she thinks if she remembers them, my time is done. And, you know, she'd be like, okay, I can take care of it. You can pass away now, and yeah. like no, no, I'm good. I, 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 you know, <laughs> I, yeah. I don't have that same mindset. I mean, I'm okay with going any time, and you know, I have to tell my son. I have to tell my son, you know, God is still in control. You know, especially with this whole coronavirus thing. You know, God is still in control. God is the ultimate authority. He still sits on the throne. He's in charge of this. If it's our time, we can't fight against God. But if it's not our time, the coronavirus isn't more powerful than God. So don't freak out about it. And yet, that's what I tell him and show him, and that's the presence I permit. But on the inside, I'm going, I have no immune system. I'm type 2 diabetic. I have COPD. I have all of these. I have no immune system. I'm like the prime target. You know, if I was 60, I would hit every block on the, you know, if you're at increased risk. And here's what I mean by increased risk. So I freak out about that. And on the inside, I can't let it show on the outside. And it's like, wait, I just told my son that if it's my time, it's my time. If it's God's will, I can't fight it. And the coronavirus isn't more powerful than God. So I have to accept that and I have to come to peace with that. But, you know, it's just facing, facing the unknown, facing the, what if I, everything, if I was to pass away tomorrow, would my family be taken care of? Makes it more difficult than everything is done, I'm ready to go. You You know what I'm saying? So I get where your dad is coming from when he's like that, okay, I'm ready to go. He just needs to make sure that the family is ready to let him go. And the the bravest thing that I ever saw my brother in law do, you know, he is he was I don't even remember how old, but he was younger. Uh when my wife's father was in hospice, but he was crying and they're trying to comfort the kids who are younger and, you know, and We went out to go eat and the last words from my brother in law to my father were I'm going to take care of the family. They'll be okay. And then we went out to eat and it was like my father in law knew, you know, was given permission, knowing that his son was going to step up and take care of his mom, you know, his wife. And he passed away while we went out to eat because he, he knew, you know, he was just strong enough to let us, you know, say what we needed to say and for his son to step up and say, I've got this. And then he passed away, so it was rough.
2: My, while, but... In two thousand and ten, when my grandpa was in hospice, uh, my dad moved my grandpa to live with them, and uh, it was a very it was when the something very very similar like it was he's able I forgot how long he was in hospice maybe a month or so but my dad kept doing some things to the room and he had these pictures and he had all these things and to make my his dad as comfortable as possible and he said one day he he did the things and grandpa was kind of having some issues but it was in the evening dad was in there washing him and uh looked up and he's like hey you know grabbed my dad's hand and said roy he's just like looking around saw all the pictures saw everything my dad had done he goes I'm home, aren't I? My dad's like, yeah, you're home. He's like, okay, I'm home now. Closed his eyes, and my dad left the room knowing that when he was going to walk in the morning, my grandpa was home. So it was almost that same thing, permission. Like dad finally said, I was like, hey, go home. Like, you're home, go home.
0: Yeah, but on the flip side, when it's a parent or a loved one yeah. and you know that that's what they're looking for, it's like, no, I don't want you to leave ever.
5: Yeah. <laughs> uh,
2: so I don't, my dad never talked about like his internal thoughts with that. He just knew, like, I think he just knew what grandpa was looking for and he gave it to him. And he just knew, and he said when he walked in in that morning, it was like an angel was in there, a piece, right? He just said he knew, but like I said, trying to get emotions out of my dad is trying to get blood out of a turnip
5: sometimes.
0: <laughs> and and you and you don't want to have that conversation, you know? Yeah. No, no child wants to talk to their parents about death, you know because they're your mom, they're your dad. you know? yep. You never want to sit here and go, you know, I've got this, I, you know, you can, you know, you don't have anything to worry about. And that's hard because you don't, you don't want to have that conversation. You know, you don't want to sit here and go, all right, Dad, whenever you're ready, no, I got this. Nope, yep. nope, I don't want that conversation. <laughs> No, I mean, there's... I remember when my mom was talking about just setting up a will and my sister did not want to have that conversation at all. None. Yeah. Even
2: Sharon, me, because every time deployed a will, like all that stuff, like going down and setting it and she was just like, this is uncomfortable. <laughs> She's like, I don't want to think about anything bad happening to you or you deploy. <laughs> so. Or the
0: letter. Yeah. Yeah, that will and testament thing. It, I mean, my wife, she doesn't want, you know, it's like, okay, here's the password book. And you're going to get everything anyhow. And she's like, okay, fine. No, no questions, no details, no nothing. She doesn't want to she want to face that. And I mean, we've been through a lot, so I understand why she doesn't want to face that. It's kind of like, baby, you gotta, I can't be here forever. And she always goes, no, you have to remember you gave me your word. (laughs) All right. I, I have to, I have to expound on that. When I told my wife, when I asked my wife to marry me, she goes on one condition. You owe me one hundred years. I was twenty-five. I go. That means I have to live to one hundred <laughs> and twenty-five. Uh, and she goes, "Yeah, those are those are the requirements." And I said, "Well, I'll try." So now I, you know, I started out at one hundred and worked my way backwards <laughs> instead of from the start at one and work your way up, but she, she will not, you know, that she does not want to talk about, you know, the fact that I am a walking medical miracle, you know, (laughs) she not at all. She goes, I'm not challenging it. You have a purpose. And I think that purpose is you have to be here for a (laughs) hundred (laughs) years. But uh, you know, we were talking about, you know, rough stuff this week. I have been, I did something that I'm, when I read the book and I did the the Bible studies, the dangerous prayers, yeah. I'm praying those prayers. I have time for that. <laughs> I, I, I have time. You know, okay, you can search me all you want, but... Yo, know, I'm not praying that break me prayer because I don't have time for that. And really, the, the spirit was basically would not let me go. So I prayed the search me prayer and he showed me and then I felt like a jerk. And I mean, I felt horrible. You know, you're supposed to wrestle with your salvation through fear and trembling. You know, by the time I finished the search me and it was revealed to me, I'm like, am I even a Christian? I'm a horrible person. I mean, I'm a bad, bad man. And I'm like, Lord, I am, I'm sorry. I mean, the the stuff that I do that I don't even realize that I'm doing is, horrible and I mean it's gotten better but it's like there are times where my flesh the old me flashes and (coughs) I'll realize later okay that was a mistake and I got comfortable with that grace and so I wasn't I can call myself the wretch now, but if you would have asked me then, you know, it's the whole, I'm saved by grace. So I'm not the wretch, you know, grace covers a multitude of sins, you know, and I was taking advantage of it. Oh, I screwed up, you know, I'm forgiven. And I was really confronted that that was not the case. I mean, it's the case, but I should be more appreciative of it than, Sorry Lord and then carry on, you know, like like looking in that mirror of I'm a horrible human being. I mean liar, hate filled, rage filled that I'm just like and I'm like I'm gonna just get rid of Facebook and all those yeah, social medias going. because there are people that uh, will set you up. Uh, and it's just like. We're still
3: going,
0: Danny. We're going for a
3: while. Yeah, either. Sure. Me. Because there's a
5: conversation. The we
0: should be, should be out. As so is he coming? Going, down. So is he coming? Uh, I don't know.
3: He's got one more to get down.
0: yeah but yeah I was I I I was faced with the reality that I was a lot worse off than I was and it just it I had to pray a lot and get off of social media because it just
2: It's vile sometimes. And
0: and it feeds on, you know, I try not to stay in a bubble because I don't want to be, you know, one of those people that gets one side of the issue. And then whenever somebody disagrees, you're just like, oh, you're stupid. Yeah, I don't want to be that divisive guy. So I want to stay out of that bubble. But then I get exposed to people that are stupid idiots on both sides. Of a political spectrum, and I'm just like, screw it, I'm done. I hate y'all. You know I mean?
2: That's why I call them gender neutral memes. I find a meme that is offensive to both sides, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> or liked one that's kind of like, all right, this is.
0: <laughs> but I didn't realize that I hated. Swaths of the population until they, they, till it was it was just and then I'm like, this is not what i'm was called to do. Take a stand, yes, stand for the truth, yes, but still there must be love you know the the quote that I use all the time is that being zealous, having zeal without love is just cruel and I was at that cruel point and I was shown the error of my ways and that prayer was a lot harder, you know, that prayer of repentance was a lot harder because then I realized that I wasn't worthy to make that prayer, to ask that request, you know, that it was like, I mean, in my head, I understand that Jesus' sacrifice covered all of those sins. But in my heart, I felt like I had broken God's heart and Jesus' heart and didn't feel worthy to ask for forgiveness. And that was, that was a hard prayer to pray. Because, you know, God, I know I'm not worth it. You know, I am a wretch. I am the wretch that Paul talked about. You know, it's just, I mean, you know, John had said, I don't know anybody like Paul that killed Christians, but Let's be realistic. If Jesus says that those that we are angry with, we might as well have killed. I'm a serial killer. I'm just saying. (laughs) Yeah. It just is rough. Right. So between that and you know, the media and the coronavirus and the Wuhan flu, the Kung flu. It's here, and just it's been rough. And then to sit here and pray for you know all of the craziness that's going on, to pray for you know the stuff that's happening in the Marco Polo groups is just draining. Yeah.
2: There's so much
0: going on. Yeah, it seems like it's hitting everywhere. And I would love to sit here and be one of those guys who be like, Well, all this persecution means that the end is near. And maybe this pestilence won't mean much because we're gonna be gone. And that would be awesome, but you know <laughs> not called to hide in my closet in my house hiding from the world while the bad stuff happens. I'm supposed to go out into all the world. I'm pretty sure there's not a pandemic clause somewhere in there. <laughs> Unlike yeah. certain churches that cancel their healing services. I and thought I that was funny. Names, though. I saw
2: that the churches yeah, they uh, canceled going to hospitals to do miracle healing because of
0: They. Closed their yeah. pray, their healing prayer rooms. It's just like.
2: That made no sense.
0: I mean, I get it, You know, an abundance of caution. If you have the ability to have church online, God can work through the internet as much as he can work through anything else. But I mean, we're not supposed to have that fear. Don't do anything stupid. Don't go out and be like, you can cough on me. I know I have no immune system. I'm going to go talk to everybody. You can cough on me. I mean, it's like, let's not tempt faith. But I mean, we're not supposed to be locking ourselves in our house with 500 gallons of hand sanitizer and 20 ounce bottle of water and 6,000 rolls of toilet paper thinking that we're going to build toilet paper hand sanitizer suits of armor and I mean that's the wrong type of armor of God that they're talking about I'm just saying
5: (laughs)
3: that's going to be the next YouTube challenge the Corona cough go ahead cough on
5: me (laughs) (laughs) Uh.
3: No, no, Arthur. In the middle of your talking there, I, I was, I, I was gonna blurt out "American Christian," but I, I figured I better not.
1: <laughs> you know, Arthur, you were talking about how you know you prayed that prayer and you, you, you didn't feel worthy. You know, I hear that so many times from so many people. You know well i just can't go to god because i'm not you know i don't i don't feel worthy and that's kind of that's that's kind of an altruistic view of things because the sacrifice that christ made on the cross says you're worthy you were worth my hanging on that tree, giving my life, getting stuck in the side at, you know, at almost, almost the point of death. And they just decided to finish me off stuck, stuck in the side and, and, you know, blood and water flowed. Um, You know, that's, that's what I have to tell people when they say when, when I, when I hear them say, well, I'm not worthy. I can't, you know, I can't, I just don't feel worthy to go, you know, to go to God. And, you know, and I'm kind of I'm, I'm kind of guilty of being, you know, brash and blunt and to the point at times, and um, especially when it comes to especially when it comes to certain things, and um, you know, I and I have to remind myself of this too at times. Um, the fact that jesus came and gave his life for all to restore that relationship to build that bridge back over the over the over the chasm that was between mankind and god you know that alone says you know jesus thought i was worthy enough to to that he would do such a thing and you know it's like when god was gonna destroy sodom and gomorrah yo god if there are 50 you know if there are 50 faithful will you destroy the city will you will you relent yeah God, if there's 25, will you relent? Okay, yeah. Yeah. Then it got down to, if there is one, will you relent? And God was willing to relent if there was even one that he could find in one of those, in, in, in either one of those cities that was... Faithful. Yeah.
0: Did it go down to one? It it
1: got down to one. Got down to one. And Wouldn't
0: Lot be the one?
1: At he the, was at the, the only one. Yeah. He, yeah. He was the he was the only one. So you know, God said, "Okay, there's one. <laughs> there's there there's one, but we're gonna move him, <laughs> and then, you know, the rest is history." But you know, guys, there are times that I go to the dark place, and I don't, I, you know, I I don't mean that I go off the rails and just just you know let my life go to hell in a handbasket and and um, you know just do what I want when I want. But there, I mean, there 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 are just times that. I get to I get to that point where I isolate. You know, kind of like John was talking about earlier. Um I'll take I'll, I'll go and I'll isolate myself. I won't, you know, I won't post on media. I won't even look at media. I won't you know, I'll take a I'll take a air quote sabbatical um from from polo and you know, it's it's during those times that I'm at that point where you know I'm I, I know that I'm in a dark place, and I've I, I personally feel that when I'm in that dark place, I don't want anybody around because because when I when I get in the dark place, it's a nasty place to be. Um, it's it's. You know, I don't give a flip. Um, I'm just going to isolate and do my thing. Um, you know, I'll still, I'll, you know, I'll still, I'll, I can even be in a dark place and, and still be reading the word on a daily basis and, 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 and praying, but I'm still in that dark. I, I, I'm in that place, and I'm just like, you know, it's almost like, you know, hey, I'm shutting off the world. Screw the world. They can you know they can do their own thing and um i just don't i i just don't want any part of it and you know i don't i don't reach out to anybody i don't reach out i i don't tell my wife i don't tell my friends i don't tell anybody um and i definitely you know i i definitely I know that I have a place to go where I can, you know, let things go. Um, And, you know, I have, I have brothers to lean on and I just don't, I I don't take advantage of it. Um, You know, it's, it's like I was, I, I've told, I've told a couple of people and I may have told you guys, but you know, there was, there was a point in my life where, i had carried i had carried a big hunk of guilt that I shouldn't have been carrying um over the you know over the death of my brother and um, you know and and i finally i finally i finally told my mom, oh it's probably been a couple of weeks ago um i finally told my mom i said hey um and i i had finally after you know, 20 plus years, um, we're going on 27 years this July. Um, you know, and I finally told my mom, I said, look, I said, I said, I want to tell you my side of what happened, um, up to the event. And, um, it was the hardest conversation I had to have. Um, because, you know, because of what had happened and, my mom i love her to death she is she's amazing um she asked me why i waited so long to say anything and i said well i said because at that you know at, you know shortly afterwards you guys had just shut down i basically had to be a rock at at 16 years old i mean i was still i was still a kid and you know trying to trying to be that rock and try to trying to hold things together while going through my own turmoil and load of load of life um, I just never could I never could bring myself to um, to say anything and then I, then I talked to her uh, a little bit about when her dad was in the hospital, and um, last time I saw my granddad, I was, I, was in the, I, I was in the ICU room with him and my grandma. Uh, the kids had gone <laughs> to get something to eat, and my grandfather was raised Roman Catholic, and you know, I my my grandpa knew that I was that, that I was a I was a licensed minister uh, with uh, one of the religious organizations that is not a denomination; it's a cooperative fellowship. According to them, um, John, you know who I'm talking about. And my grandfather, with his oxygen mask on did the, you know, did the Catholic cross. And I looked at, I looked at my grandma and she looked at me and she shook her head. No, my grandpa knew he was not long for the world. And being raised Catholic what he was doing was basically asking for last rites to be performed. Me being the, being the good, you know, uh, Pentecostal Christian, <laughs> uh, didn't want to have nothing to do with last rites. And, um, you know, with that being said, um, my, my grandma was vehemently shaking her head no. Sweet, sweet little, little old Southern Baptist lady. She just recently turned 91 and she was shaking her head no because she knew what was going to happen at that point. If I did anything. And I took my, I took my grandpa's hand that he, that he was using to do the, the Hail Mary. And I looked at him in a, uh, and I looked him dead in the eye. And I said, I cannot do what you're asking me to do. I said, but what I can do, and in front of my grandma, and I thought she was about to slap snot out of me because I said, what I can do is I can say, if you see what I think you see, run to it as fast as you can. That was the last thing I told my granddad before he passed. And I haven't broached the conversation with my grandma. She hadn't said anything about it. Thank God. Um, but I know that with my grandma turning 91, I called her on her birthday and I, I was checking in on her, seeing how she was doing. I haven't seen her in almost, uh, God, I haven't seen her in almost two years. And I'm, I, I made a promise to her. And I don't know that I'm going to be able to keep it with the, uh, <laughs> coronavirus scare that we got going on. Um, because I may have to use all of my time that I have, which I got quite a bit of time to be honest with you, but I may have to use all of that just to, you know, keep the, keep the money coming in uh, and to keep the bills paid. Um, but I told her on her birthday, I said, I will be there the last weekend or the last, yeah, the last weekend of June into the 4th of July holiday. I said, I will come home. I said, I will be leaving on the, you know, I will be here on the 26th of June and you better have, you know, lunch ready on the 27th because me and my family are going to be there. And, you know, now that this, now that I got going on what I got going on with the, with the work and the, Oh, we gotta, we gotta be really, really cautious. Um, which, you know, I totally understand. My fear is that I'm not gonna be able to keep my word, and I'm known as a person who will keep their word, and especially to a sweet little. 91 year old lady who (laughs) I have affectionately told her since I was six years old hey Grammy she always does she says what and I say you're old and wrinkled started when I was six years old and that's been a thing between us for over 30 years and you know that's one of the, that's one of those that's one of those dangerous prayers type things you know um because one of the one of the uh devotionals was talking about you know uh, was talking about fear and that's one of the things that I fear. I am, I am very, very particular about saying I'm going to do something, you know, because, because the Bible says, you know, let your yes be yes and your no be no. And I can tend to take that to either far into the spectrum. And. Yeah. I'm not going to lie, guys. I'm there's, (laughs) there's a lot of stuff I'm afraid of. I'm afraid that, you know, I'm afraid that I'm not living up to, um, what my wife needs. I'm afraid of not being the dad that I need to be for my two little ones. Um, you know, I'm, I'm afraid of not being a good enough Christian. I'm afraid of not being a good enough brother to you guys. So, um, you know, um, that's what I'm dealing with. And I'm, I'm starting to deal with that more and more. Um, you know, as, as, as the proverbial poop is hitting the fan, uh, in this country, whether it's political, whether it's the, you know, the coronavirus scare, whatever, <coughs> you know, um. So that's kind of that's, guys. That's where I'm at. I'm I'm afraid of. I'm afraid of not being. With my parents getting up there in age. I'm afraid of not being able to be there for them. I'm 12 hours away. Um. And yeah, I'm working a good job, but that doesn't mean the money's there. Um. If they needed me to be home. I'm 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 afraid of failing there. The fear of failure in any capacity um, can be paralyzing, and I'm just going to be open and honest with you guys right now. Um, I'm feeling the paralysis starting to hit. You know, it doesn't and. You know, after after all the stuff that we've talked about so far, you know, I feel almost I feel almost stupid because my fear of failure doesn't compare with anything that you guys are going through
0: right now. Um, but you don't have to compare yourselves to us. Everybody's walk is different. Well Everybody's no situation I... is
1: different. Yeah. Right. I know. And I understand, I understand that. It's just that, you know, I, I, I feel that, you know, <laughs> I feel that my fear is, is a drop in the bucket and maybe compared to comparing, saying compared to everything else that we've talked about. um, That fear of failure that I have in, in all areas is, a minor, to me, it's, it's a minor thing. And, you know, that's why I really haven't brought it up until, you know, until now, because, you know, we're talking about, you know, what a, what a, what a real, you know, what a real brotherhood looks like. And this is what real brotherhood looks like. It's where we
0: One of our first podcasts, we talked about why do Christians compare their testimonies. Oh, I was this evil, evil person being more powerful than I was raised in the church and I grew up and, you know, it's, it's relative to the situation. For me, my parents are dead. So the coronavirus doesn't bother me affecting people in the older generation Because I don't have an older generation to look at. Right. You know what I'm saying? Uh, That fear of not being able to provide, I think every guy, every person feels that at some point. And for you right now, that's the situation that you're in. It doesn't mean that yours is Irrelevant or on a lower level than Carl's or Danny's or John's or mine. You know, it's just different. And as Christians, we compare testimonies, we compare, you know, all this other stuff. But we shouldn't. Ours is between us and God and where we are in our lives right now. I mean, you talk about failure and, you know, Carl talks about losing a parent and, you know, and somebody who's gone through that doesn't have that same amount of fear level of it happening a second time because they've already went through it. They know that healing happens. They know, you know, as you get through it, no matter how strong you are in faith, when someone that you love is on death's door, if you have not put it it feels like the end of the world yeah but once you've gone through it and realized that life goes once you've realized that life continues once you realize that that person is healed that that person you know and, and the healing has, the second time the third time I mean there was the year before my mother died I lost 32 people that I knew in in a year and it sucked. But it. I realized that all of that had made it so that when I lost my mother, now I'm not saying that's why they died, but I was mentally and emotionally prepared for to be the rock that my family needed when my mother passed away. See what I'm saying? Because I had been through it and I had learned from it. That's why – if you know this being the brotherhood where we can come to and be honest and i'm guilty of it too i'll be honest there there are times where i won't come on marco because somebody will drop this huge bomb and it's like nope i'm not saying nothing i want to i want to be that guy who's (laughs) there
2: There have been times (laughs) it's like am i mentally and emotionally prepared to listen to this because like, I start listening to it. It's like, oh, I know where this is going. I got to wait. Let <laughs> well, like, like, me come
0: back. <laughs> you brought your dad and you told us the story. Right. And I'm, like, starting to tear up. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to cry on the thing. Again. I cry like
4: a little baby every time. <laughs> and then every Danny time. comes
0: on and I'm like, well, fine. He said what I wanted to say anyhow. So I'm good. <laughs> so, and Man, or, I
2: feel, No, I hear you because, like, on the group me, uh, for Jacksonville, oh I updated people with my surgery stuff, you know what was going on. And then I get the news with dad and I'm like, I'm not even gonna put it on Group Me because uh-huh. like like I don't I don't I don't wanna be like, Oh, it's me, look at me. So I just individually told people when I saw him at church. <coughs> you know, they're always Word. like, Hey, because they asked, like, hey, wasn't your dad's thing today? Uh you didn't put anything on Group Me about that.
5: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> or or somebody comes on and goes I've got this huge crisis going on and you're like well I have this little itty bitty thing so I'm not going to say anything and then you forget about it and it grows and something else happens and you don't say anything till you get to the point a couple weeks later where it is this giant monster in your closet that you're trying to keep hidden from everybody <laughs> and and you're like Okay, I, I, I really screwed up and here's why. I didn't come to you guys right away because I didn't want to sit here and put, because we compare where we are to other people instead yep. of this is where I am in my walk right now. You know, I will never go on Marco Polo and go because, or put on, not Marco Polo, I will never put on Facebook how scared I am about the coronavirus because when I brought it up on a certain webpage or a certain page on Facebook, I got the whole stop whining and be a man and they don't know my medical situation. So I'm like, screw it. I'm not going to, I'm not going to say nothing and I'll be, I'll play that brave and I'll put the facts out there and I'll shift people around, but I will never, Expose my underbelly to them again because if you're not going to take it serious, I mean, it's there. I can go on Marco Polo and go, Guys, this is I'm freaking out. Yeah. You know? <laughs> when my map source that I got all my information, I was really good. I would sit here and I would watch all the dots around Florida and then Georgia. You know, and be like, okay, it's still several counties away. And then they redid the map. So now it just says all of Florida numbers. And I'm like, no, no, now I can't. Now I don't have a buffer. Now I, I can't go. Well, wow, that's three counties. Not level, all of Florida. Though. I can go to the grocery store. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's four counties over. I can go to the grocery store. I'll be fine. Now it's just like all of Florida is infected. Ah! <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm just saying it's amazing that it started in China.
0: Don't be racist.
1: I well, I'm not being racist. <laughs> I'm I, 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 I have friends that are of Asian descent.
5: Oh, that oh, oh uh, yeah, that, right there that just friend.
1: made you Asian friend.
3: Hey, do we <laughs> get to count do we get to count Brian? <laughs> <laughs> He's that half a person, by the way.
5: Like, hey, hey, well you got no. Steve too.
3: Or, no, Steve's not Asian. He just lives in Asia. Okay. All right.
5: <laughs> well,
2: Brian is the half a person that's gonna get a bed. every one of us and, uh... jumped on. <laughs>
3: wow.
1: There's no there, there there's no love loss there, brothers.
4: <laughs> no, no no, no, My best friend
1: black. <laughs> hey, don't make fun of that statement because my best friend is. Thank you very much. Yeah. You're a like your yeah. friend
0: what? I thought Kevin was your best friend.
1: Well, there's secrets that I can't oh, tell you. Oh.
4: There's secrets that In I can't tell since you. since I did a boom. Boom. No,
0: I, I, I've seen Kevin. He's not black. So either he is not <laughs> your best friend or you're lying. <laughs> <laughs> hey. There are don't things say it. That... He'll listen. Uh, don't say it. We don't want to get the, you in trouble. We're just there, you can say,
1: I'm just, I'm just saying, you know, there are things that run deep in the soul, and and you know, that's that's just one of those things that runs deep, guys. You know, um, yeah. But anyway, as I was saying before, I was so rudely jumped on by all
2: four of <laughs> before you before know. your true nature came out,
4: you guys <laughs> <laughs> On next hey. week's podcast, racism. <laughs> hey,
1: I'm not racist. I hate everybody equally. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> but, yeah, Anyway, I mean, come on now. Um, it it is what it is. It's going to run its course. I honestly, I honestly think that, you know, there are things going on in all nations that. The common citizen does not know about and does not understand. I honestly believe that somebody screwed up while they were messing with a biochemical weapon. Oh,
3: uh, that one.
1: Yeah. It, 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 yes, that one. That one. I'm one. Of, I'm one of those, John.
0: <laughs> hey, because, did you hear Alex Jones got arrested for DWI? What? I'm just saying, since that's apparently where you're getting your theories of coronavirus, I just figured I would let you know oh. where your hero went. Wow.
1: You know what, Arthur? <laughs> I I have I have I have two words for you, Arthur. Bless
4: you. <laughs> you know, it doesn't matter what word you use, it's the intent behind the words. <laughs>
0: I love you too, Eric. Hey,
4: you know what you know what, Danny? You've been
1: you've been awful quiet. I don't think you got room to talk.
5: <laughs> just about came in
0: late. <laughs> what you wanna talk about? We're talking about being honest emotions and the ability apparently now to pick on each other. And it needed love.
1: (laughs) Hey, I look at it this way. If you guys didn't pick on me, then something is wrong. That's true.
0: It's not like we don't pick on everybody. I mean, you just happened to get it because you had the perfect opportunity for all of us to go, hey, hey, hey now. Yeah, hey, awesome. just because just and there was just no—I
2: mean, it was just like no hesitation. Just,
1: hey, no. just just because I leave the door open does not mean you have to walk through it. Oh, oh no. we didn't, didn't lock oh, we, oh, no.
3: we we broke <laughs> like, that door sure. down.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you 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 all you all just formed a little SWAT team and and busted in the door. It was like back in the
4: eighties
2: kool-aid guy running through the wall that's,
5: that's exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh yeah
1: <laughs> so in a so in other news for those of you who are listening yes this kind of stuff goes on in 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 this uh this group that we have this 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 brotherhood not only is it you know open um we're able to be vulnerable with one another um You know, and I honestly think – I don't know about you guys, but I think that's what the male um, part that makes up, you know, America anyway, as well as any other country. I think that that's kind of a relationship that men are sorely lacking in, and we have to – I mean – we have to understand that men a number one, were not really touchy feely, emotional type creatures. We're more analytical, logical beings. And I'm not, I'm not trying to cast dispersions on anybody with that statement. It's just, it's just how it is. Um, you know, I mean, we've got the, we've got the John Wayne of our group, you know, John here, um, rough tough and ain't ain't afraid to get up in your your business um, and call you out when you need to be, which, which, you know, that's, that's what I love about John is um, he's an OBS kind of guy. He doesn't take anything. Um, And John, correct me if I'm wrong, which I won't be. um, But you see Pat, you see past the stuff that is said, you see through the excuses you see through you see a story, and the reason I say that is because there's been a there's been a time or two that you know i've I've seen John um you know and he said okay this is, this is your story. He's done it to me once or twice too, so I don't feel left out now um, but when you, <laughs> but, but when you have somebody that is willing to holds you accountable and call you on your crap. I mean, that's, that's what, that's what I like about, you know, this, this, this brotherhood that we have, you know, is we're not afraid to be open, but we're also ready, not necessarily ready, but we understand it when we're called out. We understand it when, you know the Kool-Aid man busts through the wall and says hey you know mm-hmm. um and I, I really think that if if more men would seek out those kind of relationships with other men you know the 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 accountability um you know um uh, sometimes holding your holding your feet to the fire um you know, and uh, calling you out when you're being a jack wagon. Um, I think that it's, it's something that could catch on. It's something that, I mean, Jesus had, had 12 disciples, right? And they, they traveled together. They, you know, they worked together. They walked together. They ate together. They, um, they, you know, they did everything together for three years. And I am going to go out on a, on a, a theological limb here. And Arthur, I'm fixing, I'm, I'm, I'm waiting on you to drop the, drop the mic on this one, Arthur. So, so
0: get ready. Don't let the word socialist come out of your mouth. I'm just (laughs) saying. Nope. That's not,
1: that's, that's not, that's, that's not coming out. That's nope. Not the, not this podcast, baby, (laughs) but I am, 100% sure that they had the deep conversations, the, the open vulnerable conversations um, with each other um, during this, you know, during that three year span, they had the brother, they had the brotherhood, they had the fellowship. And, Man, I just I, I can't get away from the fact that I think it is something that all you know all men should experience. It's 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 definitely an experience.
0: Well, it's the Greek word koinonia that we ha- that I had talked about a long time ago. It's that biblical fellowship in which is the whole of uh Christendom, where it is the accountability, it is the ability to share and to hang with each other and live with each other and celebrate each other and support each other. And at the same time, discipline each other. It, it, you know, that word is so complex in its meaning. I mean, I covered it for 15 minutes before and still couldn't cover all of what that word is. But remember with those 12, one still betrayed him.
3: Mm -hmm. Now, Eric, he said that I am one. You know, I, I like to call people out. I'm the John Wayne, uh, which is funny. Uh, a, book a book I'm reading right now called uh, *Tender Warrior* by Stu Eber. Very good book. Oh, I have that one. It talks about the um, the rough and tumble side of a guy, but it, it's it's a persona. And, and and generally, when I'm calling out a story on somebody. I'm calling out their camouflage because behind the story is the emotion and the reason for the story is behind there that they don't want to face right
5: uh,
3: right you know and and it's you know generally speaking uh, if someone really digs into their story there's going to be an emotional break at some point there has to be because emotions what ties the story together and that's that's what created it was a a response to something that happened emotionally and then you just continue to build on that to the point of unconscious decision where you just do stuff and you set yourself up to have the story complete the way it always has you know the person that always meets the yeah why do i always meet the psycho women because that's who you want in your head because that's who you think is right so you set yourself up, the signs are there, you think you can change it, and all of a sudden it's the psycho girl again. Or, you know, I always lose a job or I always have a problem with my boss or I always do it. Anytime there's an always, it's because you set it up to always end that way. And those are the stories that I like to call out. Because it's like, if you want to change, you got to get rid of the word always and find out why always is being used. And usually that comes into like an emotional tie at a point earlier in your life that you don't even it's not a comparable situation but you've created a story that makes that happen so
0: like when i listen to um the marco polos if anybody ever says i was just angry I always know that John is going to come on shortly thereafter and go, anger is a reaction to a stimulus. What is causing you to be angry? <laughs> <laughs> anger, anger is a secondary We know emotion. that that's what's coming because that's what he always says.
2: When I was, uh, oh, wait. A that's, that, that's a story. That's a story. When, when I did the counseling for substance abuse, anytime someone said anger, I was very similar. I to say anger is a secondary emotion. What? What's behind yeah. that anger, and they would I hate it. the anger? Yeah, they would hate it. I'll be like, All right, let's just keep talking. I don't I want to be angry. No, anger is just you controlling the situation so you get angry because you don't want to deal with the initial emotion so anger helps you control it so let's they just want to deal get, with what the problem is yeah so let's just get back to it and it could
3: be whatever it is and so yeah
2: it's a yeah you start peeling away at the onion
3: yeah you gotta change the word it's not a problem you you, you just you're you're avoiding the core
5: yeah
3: you know you're you're on the soft uh, little paper wrapping on the outside buddy you ain't even started crying yet
5: <laughs> oh yeah <laughs>
3: Well, John, that, 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 that John
1: Wayne comment was was not meant to um was not meant to offend in any way, shape or form, by the way. Just to you know, just to just to let you know kinda how, how I see it, I kind of see you as the John Wayne of the group. Um and don't change don't change it. I'm 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 saying right now, don't change it because we need that. We need that element.
3: No, um, I ain't going anywhere.
1: And, and 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 since you provide that, I'm too old. <laughs> don't change a thing, John. We love you the way you
3: are. I'm a curmudgeony now. <laughs> Hit the fifty mark, so. I can't no wait stuck. to
0: be fifty and be curmudgeony. <laughs> <laughs> Get up <out> my lawn.
3: <laughs> Unless you're gonna mow it for me.
0: <laughs> mm.
3: Amen. All right, hey, you know what? Danny. Yeah. Welcome. Hi. We've kind of – we've seen you here. We haven't said hi. We've waved, and we've kind of said some things. But um, the fifth guy's here, everybody. Finally. Uh, Danny had some uh, obligations that were – that needed to be taken care of. And fortunately, he had enough time to come on here. But um, I'm kind of glad you came on now, Danny, because uh, the tissues – um, are on low supply so the ones you would have gone through when carl talked
5: <laughs>
3: have been nasty but uh and I, and I don't mean that in a jest i mean i just it, it, it we've had really good conversation about how sometimes it, it, it's gone the gamut of everything but it, it comes down to the core of we generally tend to deal internally and isolate when something occurs and it can be anything you know um arthur was talking about when uh people come on with a with a prayer request he's like well i'm not going to talk about what my deal is right now and all because my deal seems small and and i looked at it when i was having my issues they were self-induced issues they weren't they weren't issues that were out of my control, you know. Things like what's going on with Carl, um, and that, those are things that are out of his control. He he has no control over. Where myself, I was pouring gas on a fire, so completely in my control. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to go on there and say, hey guys, I got my head up my ass right now. And oh, sorry, Carl, you got to beep that one. Um, you know, <laughs> and, and to bring that up when these people are talking about things that are just like. You know, this is going on in my life and I really can't control it. You know, it is, and they're not saying that, but, you know, the situation something that they can't do anything about. And I'm sitting here going, dude, man, where's the fire? I got the gas. And, and that's that's what's creating my problem. So I'm like comparing. I'm like, well, I'm not going to bring my problem up because it's my, own, it's my own fault. You know, or these people have real problems. You know, and we, we tend to categorize and compare. Um, yeah. And that's that's one of the conversations. Then Carl had a beautiful. Uh, it's just amazing what what he spoke about earlier and what he's going through with his dad and and everything that's surrounding that and the dynamics there. It was, it was you know, you're gonna have to listen to it. You really are because it was beautiful. Um, and and what a what a gift that was. But you know, so we've kind of we we've, we've hit everything. You know, Arthur's yeah, talking about. We're sharing we're a Yeah.
0: We're dumping garbage.
4: I got to get ready for this.
0: <laughs> <laughs> if he comes back with so a box, box of tissues. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you know, we do have in our Marco group one of the things I do like, like, you're right. Do you have, sometimes there's like, man, I don't want to share because if someone dropped the bomb right but we have people that will share there's like i got a prayer request i'm going to put it out there whether or not they know what's like, happening like the kids or, the day, they're just like you know you what start sharing emotions out there. and i do appreciate that aspect that there are some guys who are always going to share no matter what has been said
5: yeah no matter, I, it's up to- yeah and it like, seems
2: I, weird, but you probably know exactly who I'm talking about.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Today, yeah.
2: Like, like, oh, yeah,
3: laughing about this. I'm like, you obviously yeah. haven't watched yeah. the last couple of
5: calls. So I'm like,
3: I'm like hey, when he does, he's going to be like, oh, man. <laughs> but
2: they come, and they're just like, I've got a prayer request. And they know to come to Marco. And Like, i got to say the prayer request. Like, I don't have time to listen to the 10 I'm behind. I've got to put my prayer request out there. And, and I do appreciate that though, because that's what it's meant for. But it is funny if you're listening to it linear, you're
0: just like, oh. <laughs> I just wanted to come in with a praise report yeah. right after Carl, who just talked about his dad, and Danny's bawling his eyes out. I got a praise report. You're not going to believe what happened. Woo! And everybody's like, Wait, we haven't emotionally absorbed <laughs> what happened from the last one. Yeah. What are you doing?
4: That, we that, love you. That thing about the uh, the Marco stuff is though, although it's good when that happens, it definitely disrupts the flow it of does. what you know others may or may not say at that point.
2: You know. Yeah, but, but I don't let, want people to not share because yeah.
4: someone dropped. Oh no, definitely. So we yeah. came
2: oh, yeah, in and but, had a bad and, situation. You still need to share. Because and let's John, be honest,
0: let it we burn. can get into some deep subjects. And if we didn't have somebody come on and go, hey, guys, guess what? My kid is doing this. We would be depressed. I mean, yes. really, I mean, we would go dark quick. That's why I think it's funny. Every so, every so often, John brings the little baby on and my day is made. Anything can happen on part Marco Polo after that. As long as I get to watch the little baby, and yeah. I, I'm good with that. I, I mean, agree with like, that. Like Daddy comes on and his kids read, and that's awesome because that takes that emotional You're like, Yeah, I like. And why
4: he <laughs> wants to stay shirtless? It drives <laughs> me nuts. <laughs> but I got
0: Sometimes
2: that. will come on with her silly faces, and yeah,
4: sometimes. Sometimes, every time.
2: Every time. Every time. Yeah.
4: <laughs> Luke Luke saw one of her polos and he's like, Daddy, what's wrong with her face?
0: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. But you need that emotional high every once in a while to just not. Corkscrew down the drain because there is are-
4: it's, it's so true, man. Because when you stay on that emotional low for, or even just in that like uh, crybaby emotional state for so long, like it ju- it's so draining, uh, physically, spiritually. You know, it gets to the point where, you know, i in my case, you know, it felt like there was just a season of, you know like going even going back to when Carl first told us about his dad you know and that just for whatever reason I don't know why it had such an impact on me not even meeting the guy just knowing Carl for you know not that long you know but it just it wrecked me emotionally and then even over time yeah we had the
5: the,
4: and stuff but then you know, drama with, with uh, Soulcon and all that stuff going on, and then it was just you know, I, I had the issues with with my wife and and work, and then um, my my friend David getting sick, and then now you know here is Carl's news again, and oh, you know, it's just and, and and then couple that with you know falling into the the um, the world, the sins of the world, you know, went back into the old lustful ways. And it was just, this has got to stop, you know? And, uh, and that literally was the point and doing the, and, and still trying to maintain that, um, semblance of a christian lifestyle right so so waking up and reading my bible waking up and doing a devotion waking up and you know doing my push-ups doing just checking the block at that time just because it was something to check
0: and you know? encouraging people who need praise reports on marco and you know the people right. that you see on facebook in in addition to the people that you meet on a daily basis you know yeah. that yeah. all come to you because you have this Aura about you. I look at it this way you are a man walking through a valley, and every time you get that emotional baggage, you pick up a chain. And you can carry so much chain, and through training, you can pick up more chains. But at some point, you're going to need to either drop those chains or have somebody help you pull them. And so often, we get to that point where we're like, I could pick up one more chain. And there is no more forward momentum. No, And then it starts to to pull back. And once it starts to pull back, if we don't realize that or we think we can do it ourselves, and I think we're all guilty of it from time to time, I can deal with this. I'm fine. I've got this. And on the inside, we're going, I am so underwater. I am so lost. I don't know what to do. But for some reason, even when we're brothers, even when we have that that fellowship of the group. And that we know we can say the weirdest, oddest stuff. And we have said some weird stuff on Marco and seen some weird pictures, Batman. And just, you know, i go put them on right now. No, Wait, I need to turn off my eyes. So, <laughs> so but, you know, we get to that point where is we just, think that we can do it ourselves and we, or we don't want people to look down on us. Like the hardest issue I had, I know you guys are not going to believe this, but I was never a big crier till I got to tell my testimony. And mm-hmm. then it like, it broke that wall. And now it's like, I'll come in and I'll talk. And I'm like, I can't believe I'm crying again. I'm not even sad. You know, it's just like, <laughs> and, and, you know, sometimes I don't want to come on because I know that's what's going to happen. I want to be seen as the crying guy. But I mean, there's nothing wrong with it. You know, it just, it's like, it's out of the box for me. That it's like, what is wrong? You know, why can't I do that? And, And it's because we compare ourselves to other people or we think we carry that guilt or shame you know i did it to myself or i can't believe i did that or i thought i was past that i thought i was stronger you know this is something that i you know or and and you know sometimes it's you know i i called eric out on something and I fall in that same trap like two weeks later. Well, I ain't saying nothing. I called Eric out on that. That would make me a hypocrite. I'm not saying that. And then we bury it or we hide it. And then Eric will come on and go, I know. And you're like, no.
4: Anytime anyone ever calls you out, you can just about take it to the bank that they're in that same – cycle that you are in or they've been there you know recently you know because we're all like that we're all hypocrites in that sense you know if you want to look at it that way you know um the uh i was in a combination of uh itself uh and then i was in the i can get out of this by myself and i was at a point where i wasn't even relying on god like I was saying prayers, but at no point was I saying, God get me out of this. You know, it was just one of those I I I can't believe I thought I was past this. I can get out of this by myself and I don't need to tell my Marco brothers. Right? Or just my brothers. You know? And then, and, then and your I think we, are
0: like, and then your prayers are weak and ineffectual, and you're like, what's going on? Or or you're checking that box, okay? I said the prayers because I'm supposed to say the prayers.
4: Yeah, it literally was the the dangerous prayers uh, devotional. Um, I it was the one that that uh, I think it was the third one into it when it said, uh, you know, pray the uh, search me, break me,
5: yeah,
4: uh, all that. that. Mean- yeah. yeah, and and I literally, man, that morning, I mean, I I prayed so hard that I was sweating, like. You know, and it, I had the AC and fan going in the bedroom, you know, but it was – I was just sweating. And I, I I can't say I cried, but I was definitely emotional during the prayer because I was just broken. You know, I did not want to be in pornography. I did not want to be in um, the self-pleasure land, you know, and it was just – at that moment, I realized all the times that I've told you guys before in the past, when you – give light to your sin you take that power away and here i am not doing it you know i didn't talk talk to you guys about it i lied to a fellow brother who tried to hold me accountable you know and it, i just no i was done you know and that's when I, I came to all you guys and you know it was so funny because i've done this too when somebody's uh confessed stuff but you know the private polos that came after that that were like man i'm i'm struggling right now with the same thing you know and and all if you know i don't want to call anybody out name names or anything like that but it was and, and the advice i literally gave him was pray that dangerous prayer and then give light to it go back and tell the brothers if you have an accountability group if you're going to use marco or the dark horse group as that group then use it You know, I think, John, you're the one who called me out on the uh, lying to uh, uh, Daniel Burt about the uh, accountability. You know, you're like, you know, you can only – it's only as good as you let it be, you know. If you're – you can lie if you want to, but what good does it do? Why do you even set it up, you know? So, yeah, it it was a – very emotional time and truly, and I can't say, uh, you know, what's going to happen tomorrow or the next day, but for today, I feel transformed, you know, like for the last three days, it has not been a thought, hadn't been a lingering thought, you know, hasn't been a uh, inkling or anything like that. It's just been nice to focus on God, you know. Get that focus back, you know, and then just realizing it's a day-by-day process. You know, you, I hear so many times that people say they've been delivered from something, you know. And I, I believe that can happen, but I think it's a day-by-day step. I mean, it's, it's you know, we have to start each day thankful that God has let us uh, open our eyes and then start the day in his presence. You know, give him what we got, you know, with the prayer and the reading and let that fill our heart and minds to prepare us for the day. It's, it's what it is, it's putting on the armor of God. <coughs> All right, Carl, you need to go to self quarantine.
0: <laughs> that might exactly.
2: so from that uh
0: i'm not stupid, getting there from you guys i'm just saying i'm just saying
2: <laughs> that they threw down my throat this morning i have to re- get it redone on monday i'm not happy about that
4: yeah that was the doctor on the street corner i'm not sure that was a street corner yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome maybe medicine i leave and they're like hey, was it at least know? nine inches
2: <clears throat> i don't know It was sucked that's what it did it's like, here, shove this up your nose. <laughs>
5: you're it so easy. man.
2: Like, shove it up your nose, and there you're like, oh, they're like just breathe.
4: <sighs> oh, the whole NG tube. Oh. Yeah. And it's like. Yeah. We used to have to test, do that in the Army. And they test everything, and then
2: it's like, all right, everything looks good. And then I get the call. Hey, uh, we need to redo it. Can you come Monday? I was like, man, that sucked. I don't want to. Do it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Can I be drunk? <laughs> it's like, uh, all right, Monday what it morning. Would
4: take. <laughs> it's late i'm tired sorry
2: yeah i am fading yeah i left i gave it my all earlier <laughs> i don't get much left
4: <laughs> yeah all right who's praying us out you are
5: me yeah yeah i'm too
4: late yeah. yes so uh All right, you guys have a great evening. Uh, Thank you for enjoying the podcast and listening, and uh, continue to follow, like, and subscribe. Uh, We'll pray us out. Dear God, thank you for this day, Father. Thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, giving his life on the cross for us, Father. Thank you for allowing us to be men today, Father, uh, the, the godly men that you meant us to be, Father not hiding emotions from one another just being open and being transparent with one another father and most importantly knowing that we can come to you with everything father we'll leave it all on the table for you father lord as we're transformed by your word and your spirit lord i pray that these words will reach uh, and affect others out there father that uh they'll come to know you uh, and know your son jesus christ father lord we love you honor and praise you in jesus name Amen. amen, amen. Okay.
5: Alright, brother. See you guys. Be good. Adios.